Thank you for joining us online at Hauser Community Church. Directly after the message, we'll tell you how to contact us if you have any questions. Now let's join the speaker as he begins his sermon. Zach Brown is going to be bringing the message this morning, and, and, um, and he's going to also be presenting to us a ministry that they are involved in called Cadence International. So I'm going to allow him to tell you everything so that I don't mess anything up. So Zach, uh, oh, sorry, kids. See, I told you I'd forget. You are released. They're like, we know. We're out of here. We're not waiting for you. Uh, Zach, come on up, uh, and you can introduce yourself or tell anything else you want to. Unmute myself. Thank you, Greg. Good morning. It is great to be here at Hauser Community Church. Um, as Pastor Greg said, my name is Zach. Um, um, more specifically, Zach Brown. And uh, my wife, Cassandra, and I are currently serving at Arago Community Church, just, I would say just right down the road, but it's a, just a few miles down, down the road in, in Arago, where I am currently the associate slash youth pastor, um, and, but we are, I said but, we are actually missionaries with an organization called Cadence International, and through the you call it deputation process, the support raising process, the partnership building process. Uh, we had the, the great privilege um, of being able to be called up to Arago uh, during that time um, to give me, us, a little bit more time to raise support. Um, I was working a full-time job down in San Diego, California, full-time plus. I was an engineering manager with Northrop Grumman, so... 50-plus hours a week, plus an hour one-way driving time. Um, didn't leave me a lot of time to my family, let alone a lot of time to, to meet with people to, to raise support. So um, God had a, had a better plan for us and called us up to Arago. And uh, we prayerfully and then ultimately faithfully followed his, his lead. And here we are now, uh, and we're glad to be in this community, in this area. Uh, and we're glad to be here this morning. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're missionaries raising support for an organization called Cadence International. And what we do at Cadence International is we, uh, we minister to the military. Our focus is uh, solely and prim primarily the military and the military families um, stateside and, and around the world. Um, and we do so in a pretty unique way. Uh, we do so through hospitality. That's how... That's how Cadence has been ministering to the, to the military for the last 68 years. Um, and because our focus is hospitality, and that's the way that we minister, I thought it would be appropriate to share with you all um, a little bit about biblical hospitality. Look at some scripture and kind of see what God says about hospitality uh, and about how all of us can use hospitality to further his kingdom. So that's what we're going to be here to do today, and hopefully you will see uh, just what God has to say about being hospitable and how each one of us uh, can use hospitality to begin to change the world. First, let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for this, this time here, Lord. I thank you for this people that you brought to listen to this message, Lord. I thank you for this message that you put on my heart, Lord. I ask that you allow me to step aside, Lord, and you take over this message. Let this be your message, Lord. Let this be your word to your people. Lord, open our ears and open our hearts um, and just be glorified here today, Lord. I pray these things in your son Jesus' name. So I have a question for you. It's up on the screen, but I got it. Am I plugged in to move the slides? Well, while she's figuring it out, uh, the question I have is right up on the screen. It says, are you a missionary? Um, and while you ponder this question, the next slide would be um, a quote, a quote from... Uh, the great theologian Charles Spurgeon, and he once said, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. When I, I got to admit, when I first read this question, and you might read it as well, and, and it may be a little controversial, it may be a little convicting, you may say, that's not right. Not every Christian's a missionary. We're not all called into the mission field to leave our homes and go somewhere and serve in some foreign country. Um, surely every Christian is not really a missionary. Um, well, not too long ago when I was first challenged with this question, I thought the same thing. I thought, I'm not a missionary. At least I'm not yet. I feel called into the mission field. I did at the time, but I'm not a missionary yet. Uh, and shortly after that, I was preparing a lesson for our home sending church in Pine Valley, California. And through the preparation of that, that lesson, God revealed to me that, in fact, I am a missionary. Or at least I should have been. At least I should be. Um, and at least I should have been for, for some time. So looking back at this quote, um, I want to just break it down a little bit. Um, and I want to ask you what you think, like the most simple, I don't want to have a response, but just think about what you think the most simple answer to the word, to the question, what is a Christian? And uh, I have an answer. My simple answer up, uh, up here to what is a Christian is, next slide please, is a Christian is someone who has chosen to follow Christ. Would you guys agree that that's probably the most simple answer to the question, what is a Christian? Someone who has chosen to follow Christ. <laughs> We're going to keep moving. Uh, and I have a, I, I don't have you guys open your Bibles because I'm going through a lot of different scripture in a lot of different places. You can try to follow along in your Bibles if you want to, but I'm going to start at Matthew 4, 19. Matthew 4:19 and he said to them follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus came and Jesus changed the world. And his followers should also strive to do the same. As his followers we should strive to change the world. But how do I? How do you? Try that. Thanks. 
How do you, as ordinary Christians, how could you possibly hope to change the world? First, I think we need to look at the word ordinary. And we need to distinguish this word ordinary from the word insignificant. A lot of times we think ordinary and we kind of mirror that and, and put that alongside it's, it's significant. But I think we need to, to separate those two. We need to separate ordinary and insignificant because ordinary does not mean insignificant. We often think that in order for something or someone to be significant, it must be large scale, it must be grandeur, it must be extraordinary to be significant. We go through our ordinary lives and our ordinary days and think that there's no way that we can do something significant. We can't really make a large impact, can we? Well, Matthew 13, 33 says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Scripture tells us that Christianity is contagious. It's infectious. It's like the yeast, the little bit of yeast in flour. It permeates. And the effects of Christianity in us it begins to reach and those that we come in contact with. God has given us a secret weapon of sorts to be the kind of Christian that spreads the gospel like that bit of leaven in a flower. Let me warn you, though, that while what I'm about to talk about and what God's put on my heart may seem pretty simple, it won't necessarily be easy. In fact, it will likely be anything but easy. This secret weapon, as you might have already guessed, is hospitality. Hospitality can be found all throughout the Old and the New Testaments. God has always used His people to spread His word, and He has always equipped them and modeled for them hospitality. The idea of changing the world through biblical hospitality will require some things of you. It will require you to open your homes and open your lives to other people. And the primary obstacle here, especially when I talk about opening your homes, is that there is a, there is a way that our current culture views our homes. And oftentimes, as a product of our culture, we tend to view our homes in this same way. We look at our homes as a sanctuary, as a place where we can relax, a refuge, a safe place. At the end of the day, we come home, we walk through our front door, we close it, we lock it. <sighs> home. Finally, 
I'm here with my family, those people that I love the most, and everything else, everybody else is outside those doors. And that's the way I like it. Guess what, though? Being missional will require a sacrifice. It will necessarily require you, require us to stretch ourselves in ways that we may not want to stretch ourselves. We will have to give up some things for the sake of the gospel. This isn't me saying this. Luke 9, 23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Just a second. Think about that for a second. So as Christians, we are oftentimes here Your work is your mission field. Your work is where you need to go and look at, talk to the people you work with, you work uh, alongside, spread the gospel at work. However, outside of maybe a personal time with God and striving to raise a godly family, when was the last time you thought of your home as a mission field? Have you ever thought of your home as a tool that God's given you to use in the furthering of his kingdom? Statistically speaking, the average person over a lifetime breaks their life up into three main groups of time. The first third group of time is our time sleeping. And the second third is our time working. And the third third is leisure time. Time where we kind of do whatever it is that we want to, to, to do. And a good portion, the vast majority of this leisure time for most of us, especially in America, is spent in our home. Watching TV, playing board games, hanging out with family, barbecuing, whatever it is that we do, that we enjoy doing in our homes, with the rest of the world outside. And the problem with with this is that if we refuse to use our homes to further the gospel, then two-thirds of our time, our time sleeping and our leisure time, is used doing something other than what God has called us to, to do. So earlier I mentioned there was a difference between being ordinary and being insignificant. And I think you'll be hard-pressed finding anywhere where that's more true than in your home. Our homes are where we do the most ordinary of things, would you say? I mentioned earlier, we eat, we sleep, we watch TV, we spend time with with our families, we do what we would consider very ordinary things in our home. Well, let me tell you from firsthand experience, though, that inviting someone into your home to share something 
as ordinary as a meal with him, that will be anything but insignificant. This simple act of inviting someone into our home, sharing a meal with them, when done with intentionality, will likely have a much greater impact than you could have ever imagined. Spending time intentionally talking, more importantly, listening to another person, showing them the love of Christ through your words, through your actions, through the way that you interact and the way that you live your life. This will indeed begin to change the world. I like going to different churches. We've met it through this process. We've, we've, we've visited different churches. Um, and a couple times, this is one of the times, the church has a Sunday school before the service. Uh, it reminds me of my old Southern Baptist days. And um, every time, without fail, I'm sitting in Sunday school, and I was like, wow, this Sunday school lesson right now is a perfect prelude to what God has for us later. Uh, if you were in the Sunday school class, you had heard Bill talk about, we're talking about the gospel. And he kind of ended it with, what's next? What's next for you? Well, I think that this could be what's next for us. The next step in our growth in the gospel is reaching people through hospitality. So hospitality and the use of our homes in it, these are biblical concepts. This is something that God has always intended for us to, to do. <laughs> Romans 15, 7. Next slide, please, if you can click the slides up there. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of of God. Next slide, please. So we do these things. When we do these things, we bring glory to God. And wouldn't you agree that bringing glory to God is the highest calling of anyone who's a follower of Christ? Romans 12, 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. 1 Peter 4.9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. We're called to be hospitable. We're called to be hospitable to each other. That's very clear in these passages. We're called to be hospitable to other Christians, like I said, providing for each other's needs, as well as encouraging one another. There's no better way to do this than through the hospitality of our own homes. And as you see in 1 Peter 4 9, we should do so with love and joy, even when it's not easy. Hebrews 13.2 Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for, there, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. 
So we're expected to not only show hospitality to each other, but we're also expected to show hospitality to some people that we may not even know. In his later letter to the Corinthians, Paul explains that Christians are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20 Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled with God. The reality is, that if you're a Christian, it's likely that your friends, your family, your co-workers, those you interact with on a daily basis are going to know that you're a Christian. It's also possible and likely that strangers that you meet on the street, they're going to see something different in you. They may not be able to recognize just from at passing, that's a Christian, but they're going to recognize that you're different than most everyone else around them. So for better or for worse, your actions will form other people's ideas about Christ because they know you're a follower of Christ. And they're going to see the way you talk And they're going to see the way you act, the way you love, or the way that you don't love. And they're going to think, that must be what Christ is like. So when we're loving and hospitable, the people around us are going to see Christ as loving and hospitable. And isn't that an accurate picture of Jesus, loving and hospitable. There are aspects of humanity that I, I'm not a psychologist, but I've dealt with a lot of people in my life. Um, But there are aspects of, of humanity that are fairly consistent through everyone. Things that are ingrained in our nature. And I think one of these, a big one of these, is our desire to be known. I think each and every one of us wants, maybe not everyone, but at least someone else to know us and to hear us. To understand us. And biblical hospitality practiced in our home is a great way to let Christ use us to let other people feel known, feel heard, feel understood. We can let them know that we know them. And even more importantly, show them that Christ knows them. And he hears them. And he understands them. The early church gives us a pretty great example of biblical hospitality. And how to, and how the, to use our homes. And the impact that this 
will have onto the community around us. Next slide, please. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were gathered together and, all, and, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Those believers in the first century church, they weren't just coming to the temple on the Sabbath, meeting, gathering together, praying, reading some scripture, and then going home, and their other six days of the week living their, their separate lives and going about things as normal. They were quite literally sharing their homes and their lives with one another on a daily basis. They were being hospitable, and God was using them to change the world. He was adding to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. I have a missionary friend and a, and a mentor of mine. He's a missionary, been a missionary for 30 some odd years, down in Mexico. Um, he, he's the head of a mission organization that does a lot of work in Mexico, training up pastors to be pastors in Mexico. And he also ch- plants churches in the most remote parts of Mexico. Like, I mean, like, you have to hike in for two days to, to, to get there. He's dodging uh, the cartel trucks, and he's hiking the, the Copper Canyon. And he's probably 10, 12 years older than me, um, and he's still doing it to this day. He's an amazing, amazing man. So he goes all over the place uh, and puts himself at great risk and goes at great distance to share the gospel. And he says that you may have to go a long way to share the gospel. You may even have to go as far as across the street to your neighbor's house. He challenges those who he meets Pretty much on a, on a daily basis. He finds out you're a Christian. He goes, how far are you willing to go to share the gospel? Are you willing to go across the street? Well, I say while you're over there, invite them to dinner. Maybe dedicate one night a week to set aside. Maybe one night every two weeks. One night a month. Start out small. Whatever time you can dedicate to set aside just to have someone over. Invite them over to dinner. Allow them to come into your home to invade your sacred space and share a meal with them. Show them the love of Christ while doing so. 
do this and then step back and watch and see how their life begins to change. Watch how your life begins to change. And watch how the world around you begins to change. So God has introduced Cassandra and I and me to this idea of biblical hospitality years ago, before we even really knew the term biblical hospitality. Before we had heard the mission organization Cadence International, he brought us to the idea of biblical hospitality and put on our hearts to share our home with other people on a regular basis. And that's grown over the years. And a couple years ago, he brought us and called us to a, a mission organization called Cadence International. Next slide, please. Cadence International is a mission organization that uses hospitality and minister to the military and their families. I didn't, um, I was supposed to, it was in my notes, I just skipped over it. Introduced myself a little bit, bit more early on. Um, I was raised in a Southern Baptist home. And grew up ordinary, I would say, Christian child. Joined the Navy when I was 17. Left for boot camp not long after I turned 18. Um, Cassandra joined the Army when she was 19 or 20. Um, I don't remember the exact age. 19? 20? 20. 20. Um, and then after about a year, she was dis- discharged uh, due to an injury. She can tell you more about her story if you ask. But um, so we both understand the challenges that come along with being in the, in the military. She was a military spouse for, for many years. She knows what it's like to be left behind on deployment. I know what it's like to have to leave my family on deployment. We're getting into more of that a little bit more. But just to let you know, just give you some background um, that, that we, we come from a military back, back background. So when God called us to Cadence International and then showed us that Cadence International was all about hospitality, it was pretty obvious to us that that's what he'd been preparing us for for a long, long time, even when we didn't even know it. So, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.8. So we cared for you because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. This is the scripture that we at Cadence base our, our, our ministry upon. Here, Paul is exemplifying the idea of biblical hospitality. He's saying that they loved the people so much that they couldn't just share the gospel and then move on to the next town. They had to share their very lives with them, invite them into their homes, feed them, live life alongside them, and show them the love of Christ while doing so. And this is how cadence missionaries are called to, to live. Cadence, whoa. You can go back to the other slide, please, the next slide. There you go. I must have done that. Cadence sets up hospitality houses all around the world, close to close to military bases. 
And then the missionary families move into the homes. And we invite the military and their families into our homes. And we share our life with them while we're sharing the gospel with them. So, as I mentioned earlier, um, 20 years in, in, the, in the Navy, Cassandra was, was, was in the Army. Um, Cassandra knows the struggles of being a military spouse and a parent. I know what it's like to leave my family for long deployments, for leave and say, I'll be back in May. And then... April comes along and have to send an email and say, oh, it's going to be May. It's going to be June. May comes along. June comes along. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's July. I know what it's like to walk out the door and have my three-year-old daughter cling to my leg and say, Daddy, please don't, don't leave. I know you're not coming back. We understand the challenges that military members and their families face. We can empathize and we can relate to what they're going through on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. We truly believe that this is one of the many reasons why God has called us to this ministry. As I briefly mentioned earlier, unbeknownst to us, the better part of our adult lives, God has been preparing us for this very ministry. I feel like I've said it a hundred times, and I'm sure that my family's getting tired of hearing it because they hear it all the time, that there is not a possibly a better ministry out there that's better suited to us as a couple, us as a family, than Cadence International. So I have a short video to share with you all. It's about six minutes, and then I got some more after that. Um, but this just really shows the impact of Cadence International and, it, and what it has on our service members. And notice through the theme of, this, of this, this video that they're not just sharing the gospel with military or sharing their lives with military. We're making disciples out of those individuals and families in the military. And just think about that for a second. Someone who at a young age has made the decision to dedicate their, their lives and possibly even lay down their very own lives for a higher calling in service of a country, imagine how powerful of a weapon that person is for the kingdom of God. Oh, can we get the video, please? Then I'll go back to the other slide. I'm out of order. This should be the video here, I believe. of where we 
uh, as men do serve our country, yet we also serve uh, the higher leadership, which is Christ. It's humbling to see that I can affect someone. folks that we minister to to go out to the nations. We made a change here in Czech Republic. Went to Cambodia, went on different mission trips. And they're wide open to whatever God wants them to do. To be caring, to help other people. This is what makes people believe. Their eyes move away just from their lives and, and their, their circumstance to the people around them. To live out my faith versus um, conform with the crowd. To see Christ spread out from, from this place. There are so many people out there that still need that hope. My name is Yesenia Buckley, a second lieutenant in the United States Marine Corps. This is our mission field. Our vision is to exalt Christ in the nations through the lives of transformed military people. The military community, particularly the 18 to 25 year old, is a prime target for showing them their role in the global purposes of God. They, they understand sacrifice, they understand living overseas, they understand living for something bigger than themselves, courage, honor, risk. When they uh, catch the vision for the kingdom of God throughout the world, they just catch fire. I was a, uh, a brand new second lieutenant. Uh, in Germany, first time away from the United States. Very quickly found friends who were willing to take me down roads that were not healthy and not wise. By the grace of God, found other friends who were involved in the hospitality house uh, in, in our local community and got involved there. And it was a life-changing time. A number of years later, I, I would go to seminary and become a chaplain. But I would not have, had it not been for, for the ministry of, of the Cadence Hospitality House. We're gathered in the upper room of the harbor to uh, just do some preliminary work for our seven, eighth mission trip to the MJ House Orphanage in Chiang Mai, Thailand. They're back there praying, uh, getting spiritually prepared. They've got a lot of work to do, a lot of money to raise. Uh, but. It does a real profound thing, not only in their lives and the lives of the children, but in our community as a whole, to just uh, cast the vision of the ethos that we're, we're more than just the place we come to, we're, we're about what God's doing in the world. There's a real danger in American Christianity for us to, to just focus on ourselves. Christ died for me. You know, it's all about us, and we just stop there. Well, what we found is that's not the best way to really disciple and reach the military. Because when you make anything about the person, it becomes man-centered and they become um, consumers. Really, we're about something so much bigger than just us or just our target group, um, that we are about the nations. We reach the person, but understand that discipleship is much bigger than them. It's, it's connecting them with the vision. 
its youth groups going from Germany over to Czech Republic to, to build facilities, recreational facilities for kids in a, a small community. It's providing an opportunity for a young soldier to, to worship in a church in a foreign country in a foreign language and realize that God has a heart for those people too. It's taking a young soldier and allowing him or her to get involved in our youth ministry and to lead a small group for the first time. It's about the people around them. It could be across the street, it could be the neighborhood. People coming to a place in their walk with Christ where the primary focus of their lives is other people. The Cadence House um, in Misawa just really helped us. Rick and Jan sewed into our lives and helped us grow. So we had a healthy burden for the lost. One of Kyle's superiors at work, through circumstances that only God could have orchestrated, um, he, he gave his life to the Lord, sitting right here on this couch. And then five months after that, he led his wife to the Lord. <laughs> I tell other leaders of mission agencies that are going to the far corners of the world, we would love to be a part of sending people to your mission agency. It's about the kingdom, and it's about the, this work that God is doing around the world. What a privilege it is to, to, to be mobilizing these, these soldiers of Christ for the Great Commission. As I mentioned earlier, we know firsthand about the real need for an organization like Cadence International to serve the military communities. Military life is hard. It's hard on the, on the service members, and it's really, it's even harder on the families. The divorce rate in the military for, for veterans is substantially higher than it is for those who have not served. The rate among combat veterans, so when one or both of the spouses served in combat, is a staggering 80%. Alcoholism is almost a way of life in the military. I can tell you firsthand, it's common. It's more common when I was active duty, it was more common for me to meet someone who is a diagnosed alcoholic than it was to meet someone who didn't drink at all. And there's very little in between there. Drug use is rampant in the military. Something a lot of people don't realize because it's not talked about a whole lot. Because uh, the military has a zero tolerance policy for, for, for drugs. If you're, if you're caught using drugs or if you test positive on a drug test, it's, it's automatic discharge with no exceptions, very little exceptions. Um, but I can tell you from personal observation, there's a lot 
of drug use in the military. Can we go back to the slide right before, this, right before the video, please? So, there we go. June 23, 2012, Time Magazine posted a couple article named One a Day. The purpose of this article was to show that on average, one U.S. service member committed suicide every single day. That's active duty service member. The rate of death by suicide was higher than the combat injuries in the wars of Afghanistan and Iraq combined over the same period of time. So just, just during the, the wars of Iraq and Afghanistan, we lost more service members to suicide than we did to the war itself. The suicide number, though, when all veterans are included since the end of World War II, not just active duty, but any person who has served, since the end of World War II to today is 22 a day. 22 people a day. Imagine that. 22 individuals who at some point in their lives committed their lives to the service of our country and who, more importantly, are deeply loved by God, committed suicide every single day because they didn't see any other way out. We... At Cadence, we are fervently trying to reverse all of these horrifying trends. And we're doing so one hospitality house at a time, one meal at a time, one Bible study at a time, one service member at a time. As we saw in the video, Cadence changes lives. We're making disciples out of military people. I have numerous stories of people that I've spoken to since I've been introduced with Cadence about how their life was changed at a hospitality house by a Cadence missionary. So much so that many of the new missionaries coming in to serve at Cadence now were served by Cadence when they were in the military. Unfortunately, I was never stationed anywhere where there was a Cadence house when I was in the military. And I look at my life, I look at the decisions, the mistakes, the choices that I made while I was active duty, and I compare them to those friends of mine who got plugged into a Cadence house at a young age, and they're vastly different. Up until that point in our lives, they were pretty, pretty parallel. We join the military, they get plugged into cadence, I don't, and our lives go 180 degrees out of phase. Cadence makes a difference. And these are just a few of the many, many reasons why Cassandra and I are, are excited about serving with Cadence. I could talk about it all 
day. So we've set up a table in the back, a small little table with some, with some literature, business cards. Um, you guys can grab something if you want. There's a couple magazines back there. Those, I don't have enough for everyone to grab, so if you just look through them and leave them there, that would be great. Um, if you would like one, though, you can get with me later, and I can, I, can, I can get you one. I just don't have enough on hand right now to hand them to everybody. We're also meeting with people in the local area um, who want to hear more about Cadence. And we're sharing more about the call that God's put on our heart. Um, and in fact, we would love to meet with each or any of you that, that would like to. We have a sign-up sheet in the back. If you could just put your name, phone number, email, I'll contact you. It's really, really easy. Um, I'll contact you and just schedule a time to have a cup of coffee, share a meal, invite you into our home so we can show you hospitality um, and talk more, more about Cadence. The reality is, though, that we can't possibly continue on this mission that God has called us on without prayer and financial support from churches and individuals just like, like you. So we would just love to share with you about the vision uh, that God has placed on our heart. If you would like to hear more, like I said, there's a, there's a clipboard in the back. Uh, and we'll be happy to, to share with you about how you can partner with us in a way to help us get to where God's calling us to be. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I, just, I once again thank you for this time uh, to spend here at, at Hauser Community Church. Lord, I thank you for these people, your people, who you called to be here today, Lord. Um, I just thank you for the privilege. Lord, and we just pray that you just uh, be with those of us around us that are hurting uh, and comfort them. Lord, and just let's lift all these things up in your son Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us at Hauser Community Church Online. Check back next week for the next unpacking of the Word of God. Please feel free to contact us with any questions you might have about the message or for pastor at area code 541-756-2591 or email us at pray at hauserchurch.org. Again, that's P-R-A-Y at H-A-U-S-E-R-C-H-U-R-C-H dot O-R-G. Our address is 69411 Wildwood Road, North Bend, Oregon, 97459. Remember, if you're seeking the truth, it will set you free. And that truth is Jesus Christ.